guys. Welcome back to Switch Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we have a very special episode. Today we have former Pro Bowl quarterback and Heisman winning quarterback, Carson Palmer. Carson, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Well, guys, thanks for having me. It's, I mean, pleasure is ours. Having a former number one pick, Heisman winner, and longtime franchise quarterback for both the Arizona Cardinals and start off Cincinnati Bengals. You know, this is really awesome for us. So, you know, we're ready to talk football with you. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm uh, excited to be on your podcast. Yeah. So what we always do is for uh, any player per sport, we always ask, so what really got you into football just in the first place? Obviously, you then play, you started play quarterback. So what was that whole process like? And how did you start playing football just generally? Yeah, I, I just kind of naturally gravitated towards it. I didn't, um, you know, I was at a, uh, I think, seventh or f- maybe fifth grade at a point where my parents wouldn't let me play tackle. I'd never, there was no flag football at the time. There weren't flag football leagues. There was either tackle football or you kind of played soccer or hockey. And I just always wanted to play. I don't know what it was about it. I wasn't at home watching, you know, a ton of games on Saturdays and Sundays. I was always outside playing and my parents wouldn't let me play. And then finally my mom came home from work one day and she was like, you know, your dad and I talked and we decided we're going to let you play tackle. And I just, that from there on, um, I just was all in. I started training. I started getting ready. And then the season started and I just fell in love with it. Uh, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't from sitting at home or watching Monday night football growing up. Um, I just naturally always gravitated towards it and always, you know, before I played, I was interested in it and I was intrigued by it because I didn't know anything. And then as I learned it and started to play it, I just fell in love with the game. What really made you play quarterback then? What was the just being the general of the field or the sort of the main position? Yeah, so I, I learned to play. I was living in Colorado Springs, Colorado at the time. Um, and my first year, I did not play quarterback. I played running back and middle linebacker. Um, I didn't even know how to hold a football or throw a football. I just like running into people. I had the old school like Brian Bosworth neck roll. It was like this white paper, uh, toilet paper roll that went all the way around your neck. I had the old Thurman Thomas with the bar down the middle face mask. And I just like running and, and running into people and tackling people. Um, and it wasn't until junior high, all of a sudden I started picking up a football and throwing it. And a, a guy at the park uh, was working out some other quarterbacks and asked me to join in. He was a quarterback coach named Bob Johnson. And so I jumped in and started throwing it and started realizing I could throw it far and fast. And um, Coach Johnson was willing to teach me and, and show me. And I was, you know, in, in junior high working out with a bunch of high school kids. There was a couple guys there that were getting opportunities to play in, in local junior colleges. And a couple guys were going to college. Um, but once I realized and was taught how to hold a football, the throwing motion, mechanics, all that, I was all in. I was working out any chance I could. I was jumping any drill period I could with anybody and just learning as much as much of the position as I could. So, like, as you kind of got older, did you kind of get into, like, you know, the NFL and, like, following, like, certain quarterbacks you kind of modeled your game after a little bit? A little bit, you know. I um, I was a rambunctious kid. I did not like sitting in front of a TV, and, and I really didn't love watching football. I liked playing it. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a younger brother that liked playing it. And he and I would stay outside, you know, until the lights went out or the sun went down 
Um, and we would just play catch and we would do different drills, throwing the ball across the street in between cars, throwing the ball over cars. Um, but I very rarely, I mean, maybe on Monday night or yeah, Monday night football, I'd catch it with my dad. My dad always watched Monday night, um, Saturdays and Sundays on Saturdays. I, I really wasn't watching TV and, and I wasn't watching college football. I wasn't, wasn't going to college football games. Definitely wasn't going to NFL games and watching anything, um, NFL wise other than Monday night football. Cause my brother and I were, if, if I wasn't training with coach Johnson at the local at Saddleback junior college, um, you know, if I wasn't working out with, with my receivers, I was at home playing catch with my brother. Um, but I did get in a bit on Monday night football cause my dad was always a Cowboys fan and that was kind of the Cowboys heyday. That was Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman and, um, Emmett Smith and that offensive line and, um, you know, all the great, great players and hall of famers they had. They were always on Monday Night Football, so I caught a bunch of those games. Um, my dad had told me at the time we were living in, in Southern California, and my dad had told me that Aikman had gone to UCLA. So when when the Cowboys were on Monday night, I, I would watch those games. And if there was a quarterback I was watching, it was Aikman. So, I mean, what was like that uh, like whole college recruitment process like for you that you eventually ended up at USC? So when I was coming out um, – I went to a couple a couple uh, summer camps. I went to USC's camp. I went to Notre Dame's camp, and I went to Colorado's camp. And so I was uh, I played uh, high school football at Santa Margarita High School in in Orange County, California. And when I was coming out, Notre Dame was always Notre Dame was just kind of this this school that um, everybody knew about. They were always on TV. Um, so I was really interested in Notre Dame. I was really interested in, in USC because it was only an hour drive from from the house. Um, and then I was interested in Boulder because of Rick Neuheisel. Rick Neuheisel was the coach. He recruited me. Um, he and I struck off a really great friendship. I really liked him. I really respected the way he coached. So I was super interested in, in his school. Um, and then I went uh, to each of those camps and, and um, met – those groups of coaches really liked the coaches really liked the campuses. And those were the final three schools that it came down to for me. Um, and then I ended up, I, I went to SC cause it was close and my family was in California and they can come and watch me, watch me play at home games on Saturdays. It was easy for everybody. Um, and more importantly, just the, the tradition and, and the history of the program. I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. So it says here on your senior season, you threw in the most yards ever versus Notre Dame with four touchdowns, 425 yards. And obviously this had to bring back a little memory because you obviously want to go to USC, Notre Dame, and Boulder. So is that just a special moment and a fun game, obviously, rememberable for you? Yeah, and, and there's, I mean, there's such a big rivalry between USC and Notre Dame. They play each other every year. It's always a big event. Um, you know, some of the, the you know, over history, you know, in, in, in college football history, some of the best players to play the game played in that rivalry. There was a ton of greats that came out of Notre Dame um, and obviously a ton of greats that have come out of USC. And so, um, you know, I, I, I really love the school. I love the history. I, I loved everything about it. It was far away. And, and um, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it was in Indiana and, and SC was in Southern California and, and I wanted to stay close to home and there was a little extra. It was nice to beat them. Um, you know, there was a little extra on it. And just the history of that rivalry is so special. And it means so much to, to both schools. It, it means that much more when you win that rivalry game.
you know, not to mention that senior year, 2002, you also won the Heisman Trophy, which is also the biggest award in all of college football, biggest honor that you can have. Obviously, it mainly goes to quarterbacks, which means you're the best quarterback in the country. Not only that, you're also probably the best college football player in the country. So what was that like winning that? It was crazy. It was um, it was a whirlwind season and, and getting to go to New York and be there for the Heisman. I'd, I'd never been to New York before. I was, you know, grew up in Central California and Fresno and Colorado and Southern California and really hadn't been um, elsewhere. And so to go to New York City to stay, we stayed right there in, in Times Square. Um, you know, you got to go to the downtown athletic club before it was, uh, you know, obviously um, ruined in 9-11. Um, but just the history of, 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 um, of the trophy of the downtown athletic club and just the men that have come before me and won. Um, it was just a special, amazing, amazing experience. Um, and you know, it's, it's really fun to be a part of, you know, they call it a Heisman family and, and to get to see guys that, that, um, I've been able to, to meet and hang out with over years that, that are, that are winners themselves. Um, it's a really special fraternity of guys and, and it's special every year when it comes on, obviously it was really special last year when Caleb Williams from USC won. So that was really good. Um, and special to see is, is it go to another SC quarterback? I think there's, um, you know, with myself and Matt Leinert and, um, and, and now Caleb winners, but just all the great quarterbacks that have come through, um, USC, it's really special to be a part of that lineage and, and it's fun to watch on, on that Saturday. Uh, in late December every year because I'm, I'm always tuned in. My kids are my kids have been with me now to it. They weren't alive and, and weren't born when I won it. Um, but we got to go back last year when when Caleb won it and they got to sit down there in the front row around all the guys and uh, especially my my son who's an eighth grader. Uh, it was really special and, and cool to bring them into that that environment. So, I mean, now kind of fast forwarding to the NFL draft. Obviously, you went number one overall. So, like, what was, like, that whole NFL draft experience like? And then your name was the first one called. Well, I, you know, my situation was different um, because I knew my new I had already signed before the draft, which doesn't happen. Very rarely happens. Um, but I had I had already signed with the Bengals before they took me. Um in the draft of like a week and a half or two weeks before. And so I'd already been in Cincinnati. I'd already signed the contract. I'd already been hanging out around the facility, working out. Um, and then the draft came and it was a done deal. I already knew I was going there. And it was funny because, you know, there's back then it was in, um, I think it was the radio city music hall is where the event was. So, you know, tons of people, um, and everybody's excited about the draft, but they already knew that I was drafted like a week and a half ago they already knew that the Bengals were going to pick me. And so at the time it wasn't Roger Goodell. It was Paul Tagliabue, the great commissioner comes out and says with the, with the first pick in the, in the 2003 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. And then he walks away and walks off stage and everybody in this audience starts booing. Cause they already know, you know, they already know what's about to happen. And so he took off for like six or seven minutes, the clock runs down and then he comes back out. So I, I started off getting booed. Um, from the jump, which, which was a funny experience and, and just a, um, a great day, a, a hectic day, a chaotic day. There's a lot going on on draft day. Um, and I can't imagine being a guy that you don't know where you're going and you could get traded and somebody could come up and get you, you could fall. Um, so I had as, you know, um, as scripted of, uh, a draft day experience as you could possibly have. And it was wild and chaotic and people and family and tickets and Pete, you know, and then you're flying out. Uh, to go to a press conference in that city, wherever you get drafted. So 
you know, mine was chaotic. I can't imagine guys that, you know, that end up being top five picks where they're just going back and forth and hearing from teams and owners and their agents telling this and that. Uh, I can't imagine the chaos and, and the excitement and anticipation of, of being in that spot because I knew where I was going, like I said. I mean, like, what was, like, your transition to the NFL? Like, like what was the whole process in, like, you know, going to the Bengals? Yeah, it was – um Big learning curve. I mean, I, I really realized when I got to my first couple of meetings with my quarterback coach, Ken Zampezi, I really realized how much more in-depth everything was in the NFL. Um, you know, calls of plays, calls of defenses, defense terminology and, and defense um, strengths and weaknesses of each coverage, protections and run game and um, the obligation of the quarterback in the run game and getting you in the right running play. Um, so it was, it was, um, a pile of information to absorb. I, I really realized how little I knew about football. Um, so it was a crash course. I learned as much as I could. It was a huge jump in speed. I'll never forget one of the first balls I threw I had Chad Ochocinco out on my right and he was running a bang post and I had a simple cover three. I've thrown a million bang posts backside and the window closed real quite real quickly and two defenders hands, both got a hand on the ball and knocked the ball down. And I just remember at that moment, like, oh, that's what they're talking about. When they say everything happens quicker and windows close faster at this level, that's exactly what they're talking about. So that was kind of my welcome to the NFL moment. It was in one of my first OTA practices. And it really just made me realize real quickly it was great because it made me adjust. And I adjusted and sped everything up and got the ball out quicker and maybe added a little more velocity to the ball in, in those tight window throws. Um so that was really the first moment where I was like, man, this this game is moving quicker. This game is definitely moving quicker. Obviously, one of the biggest parts, I think, in football that's like overlooked and no one really realizes, especially this year with the whole running back situation, is the whole process of signing a contract. So what's the whole process sort of like? I'm, I bet it's very, you know, a lot of tension. It's very dramatic, obviously, because the player wants to get the benefit of his behalf and the team, obviously, wants to save their money and get the benefit of their behalf. So what's that whole sort of like? Yeah, you know, um, I, I can't speak for every player. I can only talk about my experiences, obviously. Um, and I signed a bunch of con I mean, I probably signed four, five, six contracts. Um, it really wasn't stressful. It really wasn't um, something I focused on or thought about a lot. I just basically, the things I don't know about, I, I know what I don't know and I know what I know. And one of the things I don't know about as I was going through contract negotiations was the structure of contracts and how they worked with the CBA, how they worked with the team and the salary cap. And so like a lot of things I do in my life, when I don't know something or I don't know something well, I try to find somebody that really does and hire the best person to do that. And so I was very fortunate to hire a great agent that knew it inside and out. He was incentivized to get me the best contract. Um, I was comfortable with that, knowing that he would he would do the best. I had certain contracts where I said, um, because as you go through the experience, your agent will call you on a Monday and say, hey, the team wants to get this done over the next month. And then you kind of set up, all right, let's talk every Monday or let's talk every Thursday or let's talk every day. However, that is that relationship with your agent is um, I would talk like once a week and say, where are we at? Where are we at? And I'd get an update. Um there were times when, you know, as a player, you need to say, get me the best deal you possibly can, even if it's with another team, I'll move somewhere else. And then there's times where you say, hey, that's enough. 
you know, and, and if you look at it as, as the top average pay, if you want to say, you know, I want to be in the top 10 or I want to be in the top three or I want to be in the top quarter um, of average pay per year, there's times where you look at it and go, all right, that's enough. That gives us some flexibility to go out and re-sign our left tackle or go out and get a pass rusher uh, or pay that split in that's really, really good that, that catches lots of first downs for me. Um, so there's different times in each player's career where you make you bend one way or the other or you push it one way or the other. Um, but as far as like how that works, you know, I, I really I would set up a once a week call with my agent when it was time to go through those negotiations. I would check in and say, how's it going? He would give me the good and the bad and where he thinks it'll head. And I just trusted in him that he would he would do the best um you know, the best thing in my interest and the team's interest and his own interest. And um, I've always felt very comfortable that that group of teams between myself, my agent and the team was team and it was working together and it was trying to find the right deal for me, but also for the other players that were on the salary with, within that salary cap on that team. So, yeah, like, you know, obviously you're a quarterback, so this might be different from other players. So like, what kind of is like we leading up to a game day that I felt like what's the whole like process, like, you know, practices like film review and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Mondays and Tuesdays are, are um, non mandatory days or, or non team meeting days. So you can come in Monday and Tuesday, you can get treatment, you can work out you can take care of your body, get worked on, um, watch a bunch of films, hopefully start hanging around the coach's offices. And as game plans are coming out, as they're building a game plan on Monday, Tuesday, you hope to get a sneak peek at some of the things you got coming in because everything starts Wednesday. And so you have a full day of practice Wednesday. You get to the facility at 7 a.m. You leave at 7 p.m. You do the same thing Thursday. Friday is kind of like a three-quarter day. So you get to the facility at 7 a.m. You finish up at 2 to 3 o'clock. And then I would always spend that time with my family on Fridays. Uh, Saturday, you come in in the morning. Uh, and you have a, a quick walkthrough and some meetings, and then you get the middle of the day off. And then Saturday night, you go back in and you have more t- more meetings and walkthroughs and film sessions. You go to bed and you wake up and play. And it's um, during the season, it is so fast. Even though, you know, you play 17 games, the season absolutely flies by. Those weeks fly by. Um, you know, you all of a sudden you're, you're training for one team and focused on one team. And then you get past that game and you get to the next team that you're studying for and you have flashbacks of plays from the previous week because it's all just happening so fast. So that's one of the the challenges uh, is during those weeks is separating each game, each each game plan uh, from week to week to week because they can all get jumbled up because they all come at you so fast. Obviously, you play in the playoffs. What was that whole atmosphere like? They stand the crowd like playing versus home versus away and just the tension, like the difference between a regular season game and all of a sudden it's like do or die. You win, you move on, you lose, you're out. Yeah, it's just, it's just exciting. I mean, you, you, you work your butt off through the regular season to get an opportunity to play in those playoffs and the hype that comes around them, um, the anticipation of the city around you and, and the expectations that, that your fans have and they're putting on you. Um, it's just electric. It's, it's electric, whether you're at home or on the road. Um, it's a great environment. If, if you ever have a chance to go and, and be in that stadium, when if one of those teams, wh- whichever one of those teams loses their season's over and it's done and it's on to next year, uh, being in that electric environment, um, is just, it's thrilling. 
So obviously playing in those games, you had the benefit of playing with one of the most notorious, most known personalities in football and Chad Ochocinco. And then on the other hand, one of the maybe a top six receiver in all-time history in Larry Fitzgerald. So what was it like getting to play with such amazing receivers as your targets to throw to? Yeah, I played with a bunch of great ones. Um, too many to name, but, um, you know, some phenomenally talented guys, guys like Terrell Owens, um, some guys that were just brilliant football players, guys like TJ Hushmanzada, who just understood everything that was happening around him. And then, you know, the – um, Mr. Consistency and Larry Fitz, who just knew everything going on around him, caught everything, was bigger, was stronger, would run through linebackers, would run around corners, could do it all. So I was really, really fortunate to play with some some great, great players. Um, you know, and, and um, you know, Chris Henry was another great. I mean, there, there were so many great ones I, I had a chance to play with. Um, I, I don't know that I have a favorite one. I, you know, I, I miss playing with all of them. They all brought such unique qualities and, um, and experience. I mean, Larry was in year, you know, 12 to 16 when I played with him. So he'd been around, he knew what was going on. Um, so I was just very, very fortunate. I played with some great ones for sure. So throughout your career, you were named to the Pro Bowl three times. So like, what was like that experience, like getting named to that game and playing in it? Really, really amazing. Um, I only played in one because I always had surgeries that I, I ended up not going to the Pro Bowl for and just having the surgery done to get back as quick as I could. Um, but the one year I went, it was awesome. Um, it was a great, great trip to Hawaii. Um, practice was fun. I was around amazing players. Um, you know, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and just great, great guys all over the place. Surrounding yourself with that group of guys is so fun for that week. And then I got the MV, or they, they gave me the MVP and, and a car. So I, I won a car, which is the first car I ever won. Um, it was a Cadillac, and it was sweet. So I was stoked on that. Got to got to go to Hawaii, had a blast in Hawaii, and then I went home with a new car. So it was great. So we're going to move on to the last portion of the interview. We used to do a couple rapid-fire questions with maybe a personal trivia question or two. And obviously, before our first one, Swan mentioned that you know, we love watching like your brother Jordan's now become very like famous all over social media, talks a lot of football, also a quarterback. And then, you know, obviously he had to learn from obviously obviously both of you learn from each other, both being great quarterbacks in general. But for our first question, what was your favorite moment in your career? Oh man. You know, it's it's tough. Um you know, some of the some of my best memories and I, I coach um, I coach kids football now. And so I'm around kids football and some of my best memories were high school football. When we won the whole thing, it's the first time our school had won it. Um, we went undefeated and, and played in this amazing game. And just that group of guys, we came into high school together. It's a great senior class with some great younger juniors contributing and some sophomores that were contributing. Um, but it was just a special tight knit group. Um, we had done something the school had never done before. Um, we we had um, beat Tustin, who had, you know, amazing football. They had Deshaun Foster and uh, Frosty Rucker and go on and on. A bunch of great college and pro players. Uh, it was a shootout. It was a ton of people. It was back when there was standing room only in high school football. I went to a high school football game the other night. There was like barely everybody's mom and dad there. It's like, where is everybody? But back then, back in, in the late 90s, 
um, there was just an electricity in, in, in Southern California football. And there were some great players coming out. Um, and, and some of those environments when it wasn't for a scholarship or it wasn't for a paycheck in the league, it was, it was just for love of the game and the purity of it. And those are some of my best memories, but, um, I've got a bunch, but I'll never forget those high school football memories. So now we're going to do a couple like personal trivia questions, like about your career. So I'll do. So my question is, do you know how many touchdowns you threw in your NFL career? Uh, two, uh, two, three hundred, two or three hundred, two fifty. Ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. I was close. Really close to three hundred. And then, can you guess maybe the top six receivers that you threw the most touchdowns to in your career? Um, man. Chad Ochocinco. Number one. T.J. Hushmanzada. Number two. Larry Fitzgerald. Number three. Um, you got, I got to go to six. Okay. Um, Chris Henry. Number four. Um, ooh, Mike Floyd in there. Number five. Number six. What, what team? Arizona. Andre, John Number Brown, S- Smokey Brown. No, Smokey Brown made the top six. All right, top six of thirteen. How many did he catch? He had thirteen, and then next up was JJ Nelson with ten, and To at nine. Okay, man, Smokey Brown had thirteen in two years. That's good for he was a rookie, and a, yeah, that's good. Okay, it's pretty impressive. You got like the first five all in a row. That's good. Uh, I mean, our next question for you is like, throughout your whole career, is there like one teammate in particular, like you're still really close to this day, like, uh, like a favorite teammate you played with? Not one. I, I, uh, I was, I played with a lot of great guys, still keep up with a lot of great guys. Um, who have I talked to the most recently? I just talked to my buddy Cooper Carlisle two days ago, who I played with in Oakland. Uh, he's a great Florida Gator and played for the Raiders for, probably 12 years was a phenomenal player. He just was in playing for the Raiders at the wrong time. He was on a bunch of really, you know, a bunch of teams that weren't good enough to give him the respect that he deserved. Cause he was a great, great player, but um, play with a lot of great guys um, and, and a lot of good buddies. You know, pretty much our last rapid question will be, what's your favorite sports movie? Hmm. Probably 10 cup. I love golf. Kevin Costner. I'm a big fan of and um, that and Caddyshack. I like golf movies. So Caddyshack and 10 cup are in my top two. Yeah. Well, uh, wrap up the interview. What are your just short and sweet? Don't have to do too long, but what are your thoughts on the upcoming NFL season? I can't wait, man. It's been, I feel like football has been, you know, over a year and a half since, since we had last season, but it hasn't been that long. It just feels that way. Um, I'm pumped to watch my Trojans. I mean, I think we got – I don't know who we play next. I know we have some um, – we don't have any big games, and I think until we get to maybe the UCLA game. Um, but I'm excited to watch the the Trojans. I think it's fun to watch, you know, when you're really bad on defense like they were a couple of years ago. It's fun to see this portal because it can change really fast. 
So I hope I hope we've got a good solid defense this year. Um, Bengals, I'm excited to watch the Bengals play. I think they've got as good a shot as any to win the Super Bowl. I think them, Kansas City, Buffalo, obviously in the AFC. I don't know. There's got to be some some. There's obviously a contender out of the NFC. I just think it's going to sneak up on us. I don't know who it is. I don't. I don't know if it's Philly. Um, I could see Minnesota being sneaky good. Um, but I'm just excited. I just, you know, it's fun. All my kids are into football. I've got four kids, two daughters, two sons. Even my daughters like watching it. Um, and so it's it's fun to coach it. I love coaching the game. I coach in a group of uh, eighth graders with with a couple other dads. It's a bunch of fun and just excited for tomorrow night kickoff. I can't wait. Um, Detroit, I think Detroit's going to sneak up on some people this year. I know they had a, a good run at the end of the year. They could be sneaky good. Um, I like the the position or the the players they've added at some of the positions. I know losing Jamison was a big uh, big yeah. bust for them. Losing him for the first, I think, four or six games is a big deal. But I think they can run the ball. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I uh, I'm excited to watch that opener. I think I think Detroit can give give Kansas City a run in this opener, especially if Kelsey is hurt. You think Caleb can make a run at Heisman again? I think he can. I think he can. Um, He's, I mean, you couldn't, he couldn't have started much better. I think he's got nine touchdowns in the first two yeah. games. Um, but I know a bunch of guys went off. I mean, Shador Sanders went off at Colorado through five and 500. Um, so there's been some big numbers early, but there's also been a lot of, a lot of guys that have won the Heisman that are going for a repeat the next year and they start off hot and heavy and then they kind of cool off. So it'd be really interesting to see where Caleb's at, like come week seven, eight, nine through that kind of middle stretch of the season you know, in that November time of the year, kind of see where his numbers are. Because if he, if you know, I, I think it's a done deal. If he keeps up what he's been doing these first two weeks, uh, I think I think he can win the second one in a row. That's pretty much all we could ever ask for. Thanks for an amazing interview, Carson. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Jake and Jake, I appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Have a Thanks, great night. Bill.